0: Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And? Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Rookie on the Rise. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hotter than balls right now. I am in my skivvies, my ducky hat on, and I am beyond excited to be bringing on our guest today. We are once again here at Rookie on the Rise, helping an individual breach the the podcasting galaxy. Hopefully we'll get you cooked just like we got many others hooked. So you can find my man Goofy on Twitter at Garth McMinn, that's 2 M 2 Ns M C M I N N. He's not performing content yet, but goddamn he should be. As a fun fact, his dorm room was stormed by SWAT at his end of the freshman year. Garth, were you cooking
1: meth or were you selling weed in college? Uh, well, one of those, but not the meth one. And uh no. Um Neither of those had to do with this situation. No, I had some homies down the hallway. End of freshman year, it's like dead week. Right next week's going to be finals. Everyone's you know been studying all week, wants to just go home. We're done. Well, I do a workout real fast, hit the showers, head back to my room. And one of my homies busts in my room. he's like, hey, turns around, locks the door, turns off the lights. If anyone asks, I'm your roommate. And he wasn't my roommate. So immediately I'm like, Okay, you know, hop in. I got you, but what the hell is going on? And I start seeing lights, a light coming across my outside window, and I look out, and there's police officers shining lights into the windows of my dorm room. And you look a little more, and you can see SWAT guys hiding behind all the trees, you know, peeking their heads out. You can see they got got the M16s, and it was like, what did you guys do? (laughs) Well, I believe it's past statute of limitations, and I won't mention any other names, but Um, I don't know if you know what a Drano bomb is, but essentially, I'm not gonna tell people how to make it because I am not liable for other people's stupidity. (laughs) Um, but you do a fun concoction in a plastic bottle, gases expand, pop goes the bottle, right? Makes a boom, yeah, really no harm in case unless someone's actually holding the thing, it's all just concussive. Well, it's no harm unless somebody thinks it's a gunshot on campus, in which case. You call a gunshot in on campus.
0: Shit gets a little wild.
1: Oh, at 12 o'clock at night, the bomb siren of this town goes off. So everyone in town now is freaking out because the whole town with an archaic World War II bomb sirens here in it. Oh, yeah, dude. SWAT storms the building, Mm -hmm. sweeps it all nine floors, floor by floor. People were so mad. They were so they're like, "Man, I got a gun pointed in my face tonight and my only thought the whole time was if you heard a gunshot and your initial thought was, "I'm going to go look at that." And then got mad when you saw a gun. I mean, mm, so yeah, that it all occurs the next day. We had detectives at my door, at my my homie's door next to me want the one involved with the situation. They they were searching people. The one guy had the drano in his backpack. Should have just dropped it. Should have just dropped it in the kitchen, right? Been mm-hmm. gone. Walk downstairs. Cop goes, "Have you been searched yet?" He goes, "Uh, no." Go see that officer. Walks to that officer. That officer Daddy. turns around. "Have I searched you yet?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've just I'm just waiting on you to tell me what what I'm supposed to do." The dude lets him walk out. And he walks out past all the SWAT again who are hiding behind the trees in case someone gets up and starts running. Scot free. But yeah, SWAT and bomb sirens, freshman year. That's how you end it the right way.
0: Yeah, wow. I mean, you uh you hear a lot of dumb shit that happens in college, but that may very well be some of the dumbest shit I've heard. <laughs> so that is very impressive. Your your acquaintance back then. <sighs> is a very unique individual <sighs> that I hope that he learned from that, at least learning when to drop off Drano explosions.
1: Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I, uh, I like to start the show off with questions of the show. I think it's just a fun way to kind of dig a little deep behind the individual, get a little common
1: ground, do some yeah.
0: fun shite like that. So uh, what do you feel like your most unique trait is as a human dude?
1: Um, weirdly enough, I have a green thumb like no other. Uh, My mom was a good gardener, always was a gardener. And I've just inherited that ability tenfold. My family members have this stupid, horrible habit of handing me basically dying plants that they've either bought or gotten at a funeral and been like, I can't keep this alive. And if it doesn't stay alive, it's going to break my heart. Will you keep it alive? And, you know, of course, that just turns into me having Yet another house plant. My wife's going nuts because I have more house plants than she cares for. You know, butting out of windows and she's running into them. And so I have just this naturally green thumb, and I absolutely love it. I love plants. I love flowers and all 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 that non-generic uh, uh, alpha male ugh, type of stuff. So that it, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Plants as well, growing plants, I tend to bring over to fantasy football because, you know, how do you make a fantasy football team thrive? Not much different than making a plant thrive when you break it down in very uh, abstract analogies.
0: A little (laughs) bit of shit, a little bit of hard work, and a whole fuckload of watering, right?
1: That's (laughs) it. That's it. Done.
0: That's it. Miracle recipe. (laughs) So uh, we're going to be talking about Spiller and Pierce today, two running backs that have cooled off a little bit since the early May draft. May? That's not right. Whenever the fuck the NFL draft was. There it is. That sounds better. The draft in April, they caught a lot of fire. They're cooling off a little bit now. I think it's important, though. This will probably be the last of the breakdown series for Rookie on the Rise, mostly because I'm running out of people that I think is reason that are reasonable to talk about right now, and I just don't really want to do it anymore, to be completely honest with you, because... We're close to training camp, and when training camp comes in, all this is going to be flipped on its head anyways. But I want to start with Isaiah Spiller. Three years at Texas A&M, really impressive production, comes into the combine, basically leads a ginormous steaming turd, doesn't really recoup that steam, that value back, ends up slipping into the fourth round to the Los Angeles Chargers. What are some, what are some skills that kind of popped out for you for Spiller?
1: Uh, initially, just looking at him, uh, well, to start off with, I tend to not try to be as so many other people are, cause they do some much of a better job than I do a stats kind of breakdown type of guy. I want to look at the human variable of people, how they react and where they're going. Cause I don't think it gets looked at enough. And honestly, we look at it, people all the time who share this experience. I mean, most prominent one is the Tom Brady argument. Is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? Which one made the player who he is today? Um, so with that in mind, when I first looked at Spiller, uh, being at Texas A&M, I mean, fantastic coaching staff there. And he had the role. He he had that, that workhorse role. And with that, that's going to, I believe, transfer over to the NFL, being that workhorse, already having the durability to step out onto the field if necessary and take every first down, second down, third down that he needs to. And But the problem is, I I don't think he will. And we'll get to that later. But with that, the man's got footwork like a dancer. The film I watch of this kid. Oh my goodness. He, I, I swear he does it on purpose. Like he finds it. And that's the other thing. Vision vision on this kid is fantastic. He looks into that secondary and you can almost see him pick somebody out and go, I'm going to dance with you. Come here. And he gets up there and before you know it, he's off to the, to the races, right, left, but you'll never really see him go straight against him. That's that's one thing I think Isaiah uh, doesn't have for him. He's really shifty, but he's not a he's not a blunt. I'm gonna hit you in the face, Marshawn Lynch type of mentality that you see. Um, and with that, his feet can get him in trouble sometimes. He can get a little too dirty dancing on us, and before you know it. Footloose has got him on the ground, and but you know, again, he's already gotten through. He's in the secondary. He's he's an easy, you know, five ten yards on the on the game on the yard or sorry on the play. So yeah, I
0: mean, all these things are like he's very well. Obviously, not he's no longer very talented. Very obviously, but he is talented because you don't do what you did as a running back for all three years in SEC school and be absolute dog shit. I would love to know. I think there's a little bit of rumblings out and about saying that he fell due to a mental standpoint, which we just don't have access to and we won't have access to. And that's gonna be the biggest edge we will never have as fantasy football players and enthusiasts. Fible. Exactly. It'd be great. <laughs> I would love it. I would be very fan very thrilled about it. But uh, it would just add a lot. I mean, honestly the Twitter space would be awful. Oh, adding a variable into it. I would I would not do there any longer. But obviously there's Obviously, there's shortcomings with Isaiah Spiller. What are some of like the big, the big headliners for him that you think are the biggest issues?
1: So some of the biggest issues that I've seen uh, were, in fact, that yeah, he he can get a little too little too shifty. He gets he gets past that line, or even stuck behind the line. He he'll get there, and his vision can sometimes get him in trouble because his eyes go too wide. He's he's looking around. No no pocket is opened up for him, and because he isn't one to just go. Fuck it, I'm going through it. He kind of waits too long, and you get an outside linebacker coming around, snagging him and taking him for a loss. So, with that, I would like you know like to see an O line which he's gone to that's going to open up holes for him. I mean, that Chargers O line and and their new coach, which if you didn't know, the offensive uh, line coach for the Chargers just came from the new Orleans saints. And we all have a running back. We have loved for the past, I don't know, five years, six years, who've been at the saints, who's had a fantastic run game. And again, I like to think a, a lot of that has to do with coaching. And so, uh, Mr. I believe it is, uh, Nugent, Brendan Nugent, not Ted Nugent man's not grabbing no guitar anytime soon, but, uh, one of the best in, in the league when it came to O-line coaching and now, He's, he's here with Spiller, so that, that ability to open up pockets for Spiller, I think will be there. But if it's not, it concerns me that he's not going, unless he gets some more experience and knowledge, some more just game experience, not going to play out for him well, and we're going to see him shifting around too much in the backfield and going down.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues hesitation wise definitely his just lack of a hair top end speed is going to be an issue in terms of his top end ceiling it's going to be really fucking difficult to edge on a guy that's not going to really be giving you any of those huge home run 30 40 50 60 yard touchdown plays uh even with a big old lane which you're going to get with the Kansas or with almost a kansas city with the chargers um but opportunity is going to be there right the have eckler who they know that Eckler it wants to be rolled back a little bit. I mean, shit, he said it last year on a couple podcasts. He wants to get rolled back to help lengthen his time in the league and to stay as fresh as possible. They've tried the Larry Roundtree experiment, the Joshua Kelly experiment, and uh, the Justin Jackson experiment. All have pretty much failed, excluding Justin Jackson. They brought in Isaiah Spiller, who, who's essentially the same clone of Kelly and Roundtree. Just a much better production at a much better school and competition. So where do you kind of foresee Spiller's opportunity moving forward?
1: Well, uh, with that in mind, last year with uh, Justin Jackson having such a great year we haven't seen before, um, the correlation I found with that is the, the Chargers had brought in a new running backs coach, Derek Foster, last year. And you'll also realize last year was the same year we watched Eckler, who we've been Hoping to see redo what he did that one season, just hoping to see him come back out and and not only slap the ground hard, but get these receptions. These receptions we know he's fantastic at, and he's going to just ball out with. We haven't seen him. We finally got it last year. We got it in surplus. I mean, Eckler put out astounding numbers across the board. It was as an Eckler owner in many leagues last year, fantastic. That same running back coach. I think played heavily into us seeing where Jackson kind of stepped up and got his best career season so far with that in mind, Kelly roundtree. I I think they're spent. I mean, I hope they don't turn into the Rashad pennies where it's like, we talk about them on some team every year that maybe just, maybe they can do it, but I, I I think they've had their 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 chances many times over. Um, I I don't think they're gonna get the chance to to come at it again if Spiller gets gets the chance and actually shows that he can do it. That's always that's always the thing. And like you said, the mental game, whatever that may be, if if that has something to do and plays a major part into his his NFL career, that's gonna hurt you because everyday people. I mean, I'm a proponent of mental health awareness across the board. It's it's stigmatized. People don't like to talk about it. And that is depressing. And that makes you as someone who might be struggling with that kind of thing, depressed, depression, anyone who struggled with it, you don't want to work out. You don't want to go to camp. You don't want to interact with people. You're not putting your heart on the table in that kind of environment. So it is something to keep an eye on. Because yes, we don't know the full story, and I would argue we shouldn't know the full story. This is a a young individual. He's he's a human like anyone else. Let them deal with their problems behind closed doors. Let us watch him on the field and hopefully have a good time doing it. You know that's 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 the whole goal. We should. I try to focus on the happy. I'm, I don't let people deal with their own stuff in the background. So, but you know, with that in mind, I think if he gets if he gets the opportunity and he he comes to play. And he's able to clear his demons. I easily think he steps up into that that just behind Eckler role. And again, where Eckler wanting to take a step back at 27 years old, two years left on his contract with the Chargers. I think I, I can easily see that being a one-two punch that works out quite well for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably his path to being to an increase in value too, right? Where he's gonna. Ideally, take the role this year and then, or not the role, take the back end role this year. And then, if they want to let Eckler walk um, in two years, then that's going to be Spiller's third year, fourth year. So, so he'll still be under contract. He'll be able to take that role, and then we'll be able to see what we actually got. Do you think that he's ever going to have an opportunity to like take that 60 plus percent opportunity role as, as a charger? A, 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 without Eckler there
1: without Eckler there I do believe it's possible if he can keep competing at the level he was and in in collegiate and what I mean by that is his performance levels in comparison to everyone else I mean we we look at Spiller and a lot of people I mean I've I've don't want to say a lot, but I've seen quite a few people have Spiller in their top three backs for for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The face I made for this uh, season and for that kind of thing to happen, for him to bring over that exact performance from Texas and and pull off. You know, a thousand rushing yards and and 25 receptions and going for an extra 300 yards. He's going to have to bring it and he's going to have to do it right now. And whether or not he does that is going to be where we see him take that workhorse role. Um, I do think it's possible. Again, I think if Derek Foster stays there with him, um, Derek Foster has been known for kind of favoriting as, as a running back coach, a, a, a single running back. Um, so that could, could work to his advantage. Again, if Eckler's vocally saying, I want to, you know, kind of ease my way back, just be a team player. I don't see why you wouldn't try to focus as as his coach on him specifically and, and play him out. Because, again, yeah, they have him for I believe they signed him to a four year. So they have him for four years. If Eckler is going to be out in two for sure as the main lead. Yeah, well, a guy like Spiller, I I think he can he can definitely take that lead role in year three. I feel
0: like that's a really good way to segue now into Damian Pierce before we get too deep into these like the player comparisons and such, right? So, for Damian Pierce, Florida never really did anything special with what he was given, production wise. A lot of or some of that can be riddled away with the Napier Napier offense just being a tremendous twat, and just Florida in general being god awful. Um, however, he clearly showed enough to be drafted. And high fourth draft capital, which is, it's not like fantastic, but in the fourth, it's good to be drafted early on uh, and went to the Texans. So what are some skills that kind of popped out you to you for Damian Pierce?
1: The first one, the immediate one that I seemed to, to catch a lot when I started looking into him was his play against FSU. I don't know if you've seen it. Down there in the end zone, goes in there, coming off the left side, uh, I believe it's the the middle linebacker gets him takes his helmet off and he doesn't stop he, no hesitation there's nothing the man just is like the man goes headfirst flying into the next two defenders now of course the call gets pulled back due to a penalty again not on him if it, any penalty would have put up, been put on that man I would have came out of the stands arguing he just put his head on the line you let it go but um, that kind of determination that 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 just, just that running angry. As I've heard a lot of people put it, I'd love to see it. On top of that, his tread level, if he was a tire, would be almost at the top if we're talking about you. I know he didn't get a lot of usage in college, and a lot of people can say, yeah, you know, we haven't seen what he can do. We don't know exactly what he can do. Yeah, we've only got a small sample. But I dare say, as, as someone who's been a manager and a leader in a lot of different roles, having Play-Doh to mold into what you're looking for for the role is a lot nicer than having a stone statue. You got to carve back down into what you need. You're going to lose a lot of stuff, and in that aspect, Pierce not having a lot of experience, I feel like is still very play Plato. He's still very moldable. So you get him into an NFL backfield where he can he can actually get some experience and and be coached properly. Yeah, I I, I think the guy can form fit into the situation quite well so
0: and there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in that backfield which we'll get to in a little bit but what were some things that red flags per se perhaps yellow that came out when you're kind of looking at Damian Pierce's profile and such
1: um again a lot of people like I was saying we're going to point out he's he, he uh we don't know how durable he is we've only seen him in small usages so yes that is that is something to be afraid of is what I will say because we have seen it in the past where you see a, a non-usage running back come in running the, the role play story of, you know, he hasn't been used a lot. Like I just said, he, you can use him anywhere. He's going to be able to run for a long time. <clears throat> From what I've experienced, a lot of those running backs can also tend to fall into that running back who may last a long time in the NFL, but doesn't do much there. They become very good second and third uh round backs just just taking the rotation taking like i don't know a rex burkfield type of guy um so with that in mind i i would i'd like to say i'd like to see more from him and that would have been wonderful but at the same time the low experience and not a lot of play in college to me isn't a big thing to some people it is now in in with that he didn't get a lot of play because in 2021 he wasn't the starter and it r- wasn't really the starter. I mean, he played all 13 games or played 13 games, but he, he didn't, he, he wasn't the lead. So that also brings the question to me, why wasn't he the lead? I mean, we saw it in his junior year. He, he had the ball the whole time. And so for me, that's one huge red flag is why in his senior year all of a sudden did they feel the need? to pull the strings on him pull him back and let someone else take take the reins um because what we saw in his junior year was quite wonderful i mean you you could see the talent you could you could see where he was going you could enjoy every run the man had and then his junior year yeah it were great when you watched him get the ball and and one thing that i loved you know to offset the red flags in his senior year 19 receptions zero drops The man does demonstrate fantastic hands. I mean, if you want to see that, like we all want to see that in our running backs nowadays, because if it's not a dual threat running back, well, don't draft him in the first round, because that's just dumb. Um, Sorry if I didn't get there. Um, So we need him to catch the ball. And he, he has quite a few plays, if you go back and watch, where he does some actually very athletic, good hands up in the air, catchable or not very catchable balls he brings down, brings to his body after he's had full extension on his arms. Um, but one reason he needs that full extension on his arms is because his lack of speed. He's also one of those players. To me, he doesn't. He he's quick like like Spiller, but it's elusiveness, it's agility. It's not long long run speed. So you get him out, you get him a break. I don't see this man, ideally, against NFL safeties, taking, taking it to the house very often unless he manages to really get away from somebody. Um, but again, that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as he can do what he's been doing, put his face to the to the middle of the pile and just keep running through it. Coaches are going to put him in there in the end zone, in the red zone every time he's going to get us touchdowns if he's the lead. And it's going to be fantastic.
0: The production's an issue, but where you have to draft him, it's not, it's an issue, but I mean, at this point, everyone has their issues, so you can kind of mitigate that by looking at other things that are impressive we already have a landing spot and part of what the allure for Damian Pierce is the fact is Houston's backfield is a Marlon Mack coming back from a Achilles injury a journeyman Rex Burkhead who made his money with with Billy B uh Scotty Stevie Scott who's literally essentially a nada uh, I believe no Philip Lindsay's not there anymore so it's just I mean and then it's it's Damian Pierce so do you feel like there's a pathway to Pierce eventually getting the lion's share of the opportunity? There's already a report from training camp where I thought it was a little damning. To be completely honest, I believe it was uh, Pierce could threaten the lead role by the season's end, which is quite honestly the last thing you want to fucking hear in terms of a running back where he's not going. He's going to be essentially a rehearsing through that in June let's be honest it doesn't really matter but you would ideally like to be hearing Pierce is really showing out well it's going to be a running back competition not you know Pierce may have an opportunity at the end of the year to kind of show us what he's got and see where we're here, but you don't really know what's going on so kind of with that information and training camp coming up it's gonna be a lot more clear once we move forward Where do you think the path to value increases for Pierce? Do you think that it's likely that he's going to be able to carry Uh, value into next year with with sort of one year wonder
1: spoken about Pierce? I think it's uh, it's one of those fun things again with, with, with humans where it's, is it real speak or is this, is this, is this coach speak? Is this, is this him trying to, you know, make Pierce want to earn it more, you know, Oh, he might start at the end of the year because that's, that's one thing that Pierce has on him is those people who go in the third, fourth round, they got a lot of proof. I mean, they, they they were basically told, you're not good enough to go earlier. I'm taking you here. And to some people, that that stings quite nicely. And I say nicely because it gives them the drive they need to go and become something amazing. Um, so it's hard for me to, to re- at the end of the season as well. You have, you know, they just signed Mac and I know it's. it's It's Mac. He had one good season, one good thousand yard season before the injury, right before the injury. And then he goes down. And of course, you know, yes, we've seen some very few Achilles tears come back and they've been pretty much the same. Like, it's like, Oh my gosh, look, only a scratch on the new model. Not bad, but definitely a scratch. There's going to be a scratch at a minimum. (laughs) And this guy was not, an all-star to begin with. Yes, he was getting into it, but he he wasn't someone who, again, came out his rookie year or, or sophomore year and was like, watch me run. You know, it, it took a long while and injury reset. It doesn't make me feel like he's... And a one-year contract, Like both him and Rex Burkhead, one-year contracts. They got almost all new coaching staff. They got a brand new head coach again. They were assistant coach last year. I love the name. Which I I should have known it, but again I'm I'm a everyday type of guy, so my knowledge isn't where some of these experts are. But Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith, how can you not like a guy like Lovey Smith? Like I'm excited. I was not excited before seeing this. Seeing this guy, <laughs> Lovey Smith, looking at his record, he was in this millennia in the 2000s, the only head coach who so far besides. We'll, we'll, we'll give it this year and see what the Bears do. But the only coach still really this year, this millennia, that made the Bears good. You know Jay Cutler? Remember Jay Cutler? Yeah, that was Lovey Smith. Yeah, uh, you, Matt Forte. Yeah, he had an awesome that year of 1,000 rushing yards, 500 receiving yards, and it was like, oh, Lovey Smith. So I'm excited with a whole new coaching staff coming in here. I don't think they're going to stick with the old. No one ever does. Every new coach we've ever watched, they go, oh, you were here before? <laughs> okay, bye. And they bring in their own people because they they want to be responsible. They don't want the credit <laughs> to go to anyone else. There's humans are shittily selfish beings sometimes, and they're like, "This, I want me to get the, all the praise for this. And they're the ones who brought in Damian Pierce. And, and that play that I mentioned earlier, that, that bullheaded play is the one where Nick Casario saw it and went, we want it, we want him here. So you get that together with the head, the head GM, you get the, the coach and the running back coach who all put their strength behind this one guy. And if he can be anything like Matt Forte, not even this year, but next year, just any point in his career, you know, relatively soon, I'd be happy out of a fourth round draft pick running back. Someone who, again, in your rookie draft picks, you're probably not going to be spending but a late-round pick on him anyways. If he busts out like that, fantastic. I'll, I'll run him as an RB2, RB3 his whole career. It'll be wonderful. But I do, with that in mind and all that preceding, believe he has a path that if he just takes the reins and doesn't Gilligan Island this shit and go off and crash and- Island no one knows about, he's going to take it. There's nothing there. He's got old statues made of dust to play around with. Rex Burkhead has never ran over 500 yards in any season. I don't think the man's going to come up and be like, watch me now mama, I got this! And take off and just amaze us with this all-star season. And I don't think Mac's going to do it. And leaves Pierce. And I, I think, I hope Pierce can get up there and, and actually put his foot down and show them he's worthy to keep around for their new budding franchise. It is
0: a unique opportunity for him, to say the least, with that. And I think, you know, if he sh- he's going to have to show a lot to withhold this job For multiple years moving forward. And a lot of that is just also because the 2023 running back class is theoretically going to be stock full of a bunch of very, very borderline or elite running backs. And it is going to just be pushing out a bunch of these fourth round guys and a couple of of these older heads into roles that they don't really want to be delegated into a la Melvin Gordon. So Damien Pierce is going to be a very interesting tale and it it probably is gonna rely a lot on how well he's gonna do in camp, oh shit, no wonder Ooh. but uh, so would you say that Jamie Pierce probably is the is most likely to see largest role for year one then
1: uh yes i I would just because the competition aspect you got you got Eckler to compete with, I know he's old, and I know he's he wants to walk out, but he's still there and a door that's there. You still have to open and get through. So Spiller's still going to have to open that door, get through Eckler before he becomes probably anything fantasy relevant that you're going to want on your, for, for redraft on your team at all uh, in, in the next coming years. Whereas Pierce, I, I would be willing to throw a redraft f- sleeper pick his way for sure, because Again, there's there's not a lot of competition, and I'm sure Mac is gonna they're gonna try to talk up Mac, and they're gonna try to make you know what they did seem relevant and like a good decision, as any person tries to do, do when they bring the purchase home from the store and look their wife in the eyes and go, "No, honey, we needed this, <laughs> we needed this," um, but I don't think, uh, yeah, I I do think sorry, I do think Spiller is going to or Pierce is going to be able to. Get up there and and like I said, take the reins. He has easy walking to do. So at least for it's this, it's going to be very
0: interesting to see how it goes. Because I mean, I brought up the campus news earlier, so we'll just dig into a little bit earlier before. So the first piece of news was that Mac is going to take the lead role early on. So, you know, it says he'll take the lead role by weeks three or four, as long as Pierce is on schedule. Pierce figures to be the starter moving forward couple days weeks roll by Pierce could threaten the lead role by the season and not really the 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 trend of information you want to see and then Spiller which is just as honestly as bad as basically it says Spiller could surprise if Spiller does well then he's gonna edge out Roundtree and Kelly and it's just you know this isn't and I know it's early in June and a lot of this is going to be rendered obsolete in a in a month, but I want to see news where it's like he looked really good at OTAs, or the coaches were really impressed with his work ethic. He's been coming in early and leaving later. He's looking trim or looking faster or whatever the focus word of the day for the beat writers is. I just we're not really getting that with either of them, which kind of leads me to what do you think is more likely. Isaiah Spiller taking that lead, that secondary role in the Chargers and maintaining that into the future until Austin Eckler is either phased out or cut, or, which, I mean, I don't think that'll happen, but it's theoretically possible. Or Damian Pierce owning that starting job for multiple years. Which do you think is the most likely
1: to happen for you? Um, To me, it's... It's this year. I think it's Pierce Um, simply because after watching what Eckler was capable of last year. And yes, I understand our running backs can run off a cliff at any given time and and moment. And we all wonder what happened. And then we don't ever draft him again. This happens, but I don't think that's Eckler this year. I think Eckler is going to come back out. And I think Eckler is going to go look, can't help it look look at the man the man still looks like a, a goddamn brick shithouse he is just built to hurt people and he's gonna it, i have a feeling he's gonna do that again this year he's gonna hurt a lot of defenses physically and and numerically putting points up against him and i think spiller's gonna have a a hard time i don't think he's gonna have a hard time outdoing Roundtree round tree or kelly but i i do think he's gonna have a have a hard time making a case to be like Hey, um I'm the little guy behind Eckler. You guys should put me in first occasionally. I, I, and on top of that, Eckler's put in his dues. Eckler's been a team team guy and and to a fault. They will probably let him play and do what he would like for his last remaining years there because he's been a bolt true and blue and and uh if anything, I'm sure he's going to want to retire there and franchises love to sugar up those those players. So, um with that in mind i mean yeah i think pierce for sure this year of of course especially dynasty football uh but football in general changes year by year it it, you know everything i say today is to be taken with the caveat that this is this is fresh for i mean like you said this is pre-preseason so this is fresh for like a month if that but this is you know not soured for a year like next year we're gonna see a whole new line of rookies they houston may draft one that looks like god damn truck full of bricks coming at you couldn't think of anything um and we're gonna i'm gonna change my mind and be like pierce sucks look at this guy look at the new tesla truck it's bulletproof like it's we're gonna go with what's hot and popping because, again, that's fantasy and that's humans. We we're gonna go with what's there and what's best. So this year, though, I'll hold it to anyone who wants to come at me later. I uh, Pierce Pierce is gonna is gonna outproduce Spiller this year.
0: I love that, and I think that's a really good point to kind of jump off with the show there. So, Kar, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, your first true podcasting experience was a great one you did wonderful i don't think anyone would would have known if we didn't break it at the top so thank you so much for your time man uh is there any last dying words you want people to resonate on before we sign off officially
1: um other than that um right now is a pretty difficult time in in life as shitty as that sounds i know fantasy football is our our escape but let's not forget about the people close to us let's let's make sure everyone right now. especially the you know the the women we love in our lives are are okay and taken care of right now and uh, are feeling hurt um, but that's just coming from a, a guy in Idaho so take it for what you will <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I can't imagine you're gonna find a whole
0: lot of folks along with you in Idaho uh, but we always are welcome over here in Seattle. We're always welcome. Uh, probably too much though to be completely frank, but that's for a whole nother podcast, (laughs) whole nother fucking podcast. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. It means a lot that you spend your time with me. I know it's valuable. So thank you for taking a little bit out of your day and letting us serenade you. Uh, as always, don't forget to let your loved ones know that you're, how you're feeling about them, what you're thinking about life is unpredictable. It is shitty as we just explained. So don't let an opportunity go by without being able to show them how much they're valued. And how much you let them know. I am currently doing... You can find me on Twitter, at VFFSandman. Uh, in honor of Scott Fishbowl, I did this last year. I'm doing it again this year. Every retweet that my post gets, I'm probably going to pin it, uh, is going to be help me to determine how much money I'm going to be donating each Scott Fishbowl when I go throughout the regular week. I am capping it at $10 because I'm going to be a grad student, and I just don't have that Boku bucks just yet. But uh, all donations are going to go be supporting the National Network for Abortion Funds uh, or a better, uh, what's a more blanket foundation. That was the best one I could find that helps everyone across the United States um, in regard to the Roe v. Wade being overturned. But that's going to be the charity of choice. So please go retweet it. Get your friends to retweet it. Let's see how much money I can spend this year for a fantastic, wonderful cause. As always, you're appreciated. You're loved. Go do something great for yourself. And that's the podcast. Peace!
1: Eat a potato.